Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them, we just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. episode of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. My name is Aim. Welcome, Aim. Hello. Hello. It's great to have you. Where are you chiming in from? I am coming from actually sunny Oxford, England. It's actually sunny? I just looked up on all of the grey clouds that were here earlier have just dissipated in time for this recording. Oh. That is so <laughs> dissipated in time for you to be alone in your room, <laughs> talking into a microphone. The world feels as it should be. So yes. what time is it over there? Just indulge um, my curiosity. It's seven minutes past eight in the evening. Wow. Dang, yeah, and you guys are like at midday? Yep. Yeah, it's noon. It's noon. <laughs> uh, you know, my boss is actually, my the uh, Alicia who appeared on an episode of this is actually in your time zone right now. Cool. Ah, I will wave through the time sphere. Yeah, say hello to her as she passes. (laughs) Uh, Aim, we invited you on to this episode, and we were feeling pretty excited because we were certain that this was going to be still in the series of episodes where they're in the UK for whatever reason. So we were like, oh, yes, we're going to have somebody who can maybe give us some actual background. And then it turns out that the King's Tavern, where we're going in this episode, is in Mississippi. (laughs) A little bit far from home. Yeah. For uh, those in America, I don't know if you've realized this, but we have a lot of uh, English names of towns and places Mm -hmm. because, surprise, surprise. Wonder why that could be. How how did that happen? (laughs) It's incredibly original, really. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, we're in a place called Natchez, Mississippi right now. Natchez spelled N-A-T-C-H-E-Z. It almost sounds like... Yeah. It almost sounds like matches, like light a match. Wow. But it makes me think light of nachos. What? It makes me think of nachos. It's just Oh, nachos. Welcome to the town of nachos. We're loaded is that, is that with ghosts. <laughs> and Aim, you have your own podcast. Would you like to plug it? Yes. Um, I'm part of a Dungeons and Dragons actual play political parody satire podcast called The Campaign Trail. It's very silly if you like politics social commentary and really bad puns then check it out can you tell us about your character yeah my character is called dareth moonbeam they're a um they're a half elf they used to work for the bbc the best bards corporation yes Um, they weren't very good at it so they um happened to be cut during budget cuts and are now working for the fable party trying to campaign on behalf of gorlak the betrayer that's amazing. Justice it's for so Gorlack. It's so much fun. It sounds so like much lots fun. Of Honestly. Fun. So yeah, check out the campaign trail after you're done with this episode if you want to hear more of AIM. Uh, but for right now, what you're going to hear a lot about is fake history. <laughs> um, 
This is one of those episodes where Zach is like has a bee in his bonnet about separating fact from fiction. But he doesn't. Actually, but doesn't do any of that. <laughs> well, he doesn't realize what fact. He does keep means. using the word fact. Yeah. So if There's he's saying a, it, it must be true. Yeah. There's a moment in this episode where he does something that I feel like we called out in literally the last episode of Ghost Adventures, where he says, we need to focus on facts. We need to separate the facts from the legends. And says, then the next is bullshit. The facts from the bullshit. Because yeah. he's like, there's facts and then there's legends. And then he start, it literally the next words out of his fucking mouth are the most fascinating legend about King's Tavern. <laughs> He makes a lot of big claims in this episode. He makes a lot of claims like, we're not going to leave until we solve this mystery. And then they don't solve the mystery yeah. and they still leave. Yeah, well, that happens every episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a, they never answer the questions. I know this is like... It's like Zach you, has the memory of a goldfish. You might as well get an insanely haunted bingo card as well as a Ghost Adventures bingo card. <laughs> yeah. Because every single episode, we're going to talk about how these guys think they're fucking detectives and then don't find anything out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should. We should make... That would actually yeah. be really funny. That would funny. be really funny. Really good. Put it on um, the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> so we have. Uh, I would like to say oh. that the intro promises a journey back to the quote bloody 1800s. Yeah. And there are a number of images in the intro that are sensationalized. Mm-hmm. I shall say, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> including a bunch of people, a bunch of ladies with blood stains all over them, yep. a lady brandishing a blood stained dagger, and a pair of hands. That appear to be wiping blood onto a fake baby's face <laughs> in that sort of like Simba way. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this this tavern, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was built in 1789. Mm-hmm. Yes. OK. All right. All right. All right. So and, it, and it's in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, and it's it's named after the guy who owned it. His last name was King, apparently. But I, I suspect that it's also in reference to like the classic the king's king's tavern yeah. you know or you know th- that are found everywhere yeah. um and the the main deal with this place is that apparently in the fireplace in like a, the <laughs> the 70s. 70s the 70s yeah people found a dagger and they call it a spanish looking dagger um the spanish colonial dagger was the I'm yeah. not sure what that if that like spanish dagger from a colonial age Right. How does anybody know that it's Spanish? Is the main question that I have. Yeah. Like, um, where's that assumption coming from? And that, and that also, there were some bodies found there, three, which three like, corpses, three skeletons, which like they don't like really address past that. Like they're like, oh yeah, you know, there were these these bodies found. There. Well, like, is there like actual like oh, like are there news articles about investigators like looking into these bodies? Like, what happened? Why did what they happened? go? Didn't we, wasn't there a point, correct me if I'm wrong, someone can correct me, someone can get at me on the internet. Wasn't there a point where people mostly kept their dead at home? Like a point in our history? Yeah, but not in the fireplace. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Well, and also, keep in mind, like, okay, like, this is Mississippi, this is the Deep South. Like, there were lynchings, a lot of them. There was a lot of. A murder of black people for a long time, and a lot of it for did, like basically any reason uh, too. And, and a good portion of that was never like held accountable or reported. Like people, or just, even investigated. Yeah, like oh, they killed this guy. Oh, okay. Well, White people that's just fine. killed black people, and this is past the Civil War. This is past the emancipation. Like, and they never mm-hmm, look mm-hmm. into the possibility that it could be related to 
that history, that dark history. They and never... before anyone accuses us of reaching, mm-hmm. this is below the Mason-Dixon line. This is a place that is like so steeped in this history of racism and Jim yeah. Crow and segregation that like it's almost impossible well, to look at I, it. I actually looked into it and like basically <laughs> there, it, Natchez, Mississippi in the general area is in like, like there are historical records of lynchings and murders of black people that took place. And clan activity. Clan activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so anyway, they don't really go into that at all. They don't go into any of those. I mention it at all. We were kind of worried that this was going to be a racist episode because that's generally what happens whenever we do a show in the (laughs) South, in the Deep South. But actually, I guess it was like a lack of focus on any racial. Yeah, could it be racist by omission? Yeah, well, it's like liberal colorblind racism. Yeah, kind of like well, we don't talk about that racism because it's over now. Yeah. So we have some. So the legends are. Dagger. Dagger. Sacrifice dagger. And bones. And bones. And a lady named Madeline. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, no historical verification exists that Madeline was a real person. She supposedly was the Mr. King's mistress. And we mm-hmm. learned this from a National Enquirer reporter. So Which they mention as a Nash it was in the National Enquirer, which for all of you that don't know, it's like a fake newspaper. <laughs> I think you like it to the sun. Yes, exactly. Very sensationalized and very exaggerated and a lot of fake stuff. I don't know if it's the exact same paper, but I think it is. It's in the same family as it's in the same family of publications as the globe, as the as the globe and as the the place that broke the story about Bat Boy. (laughs) It's like so this is the level of journalism we're dealing with here. Yeah. And they talked about this article as if it was a credible source. They, they did a reenactment they with an did, actor. They did, yes. Who's there? Who's... Yeah. Then she disappeared. Yeah. That's right. Madeline just sort of disappears. Gosh, this episode just has so much. I don't even There's know... A, it's a thick. This is a thick episode. Yeah. And I want to say, I want to point out, I my eagle eyes spotted something before it happened, and I was able to hit the pause button and prepare everybody oh, yeah. for it. This was because this, quite the moment. Yes. This is the episode that we, all those years ago, got the name of our podcast from. Yes. Because Zach is talking to a dude who I didn't I didn't write down this person's name. Yeah, I'm sorry. Either. I feel bad. Uh, he was wearing a, a brown jacket <laughs> and had a denim shirt tucked into his jeans. He kind of looked a little bit like my dad. He had a mustache. <laughs> he did. I think all guys with mustaches in general. You I mean, the, like mustache, the mustache just takes over your whole persona. <laughs> You're just that mustache guy. <laughs> well, Zach's talking to mustache guy, and he says, look, I'm just going to be blunt. There is another mustache guy, so, but go ahead. Mustache guy number one. Yeah. And Zach says, we came here because, and I'm just going to be blunt, we heard that it's insanely haunted. And insanely then, haunted. Look at that. Insanely haunted. Yeah. <laughs> we freaked out. Um, so... We also hear about how, like, there might have... Zach's like, we need to separate fact from bullshit. We've heard this, and we've heard this. And he says, like, we've heard about a uh, baby's head getting smashed against a damn wall. <laughs> that was like, never mentioned again. I know. <laughs> that's yeah. so much. <laughs> a lot of stuff from this episode ended up on the cutting room floor. They did interviews with people that they referenced later on in yeah. the show, and the interviews are not shown at all. Mm-hmm. We hear that some serial oh, yes. killers, the Fucking Hart brothers, the subject never immediately. Mentioned again. 
Yeah, like one of them stayed at the tavern, but they don't really go into any more detail other than that their business there was predatory. They called them America's first serial killers. Were they? Were they? What does Google say? Hart Brothers serial killers. That's what I'm looking up. Um, I mean, they were people who did some murders in the uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi area in the 1700s. Oh wow, they were pirates too. Quite a look. Oh my God, they're from. Uh, they they died in Muhlenberg County, which I, is a place in Kentucky that a lot of my friends are from. <laughs> oh, well. Loyal to the British Crown during the American Re- Revolution. Whoa. So these dudes, I'm actually kind of interested in I this story. Yeah, this is this is much more interesting than Spanish dagger. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we we meet. Three paranormal investigators. We only speak to one of them, but we meet three of them. <laughs> I noticed that. I'm like, I bet that girl's not going to talk at all. No, nope. She's not going to talk at all. Nope, she didn't talk at all. So I labeled them as Zach Jr., <laughs> Nick Sr., and Silent Girl, because the main guy who talks the whole time looks like he's really trying to look like Zach Biggins. He's got the the pointed hair, mm-hmm. the black pointed hair. He's got the whole His outfit going light on. Light V-neck t-shirt. Yes. And then Nick Sr., he basically kind of looks like Nick, but taller. And with more of a beard. Yeah. Like, like, a, like a real one instead of a goatee. And then there's Silent Girl who just doesn't talk at all. Neither does Nick Sr., but... I just, yeah. And they, I mean, they didn't really mention, he didn't really mention much. They, they got some EVPs. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's about it, though. Um, I appreciated the, that they were called the Smoke and Mirrors Paranormal Group. Um, oh, which I totally missed that. that. It's a great name. <laughs> that is really great. So then we meet Steve. I did catch his name. He's Mustache Man number two. He was with the National Guard. And this ghost story is so dumb, can yeah, I just say? Yeah, it really is. He saw a girl looking, and then she just disappeared. No, she didn't just disappear. He looked, he away. looked away, and when he looked back, she was gone. <laughs> so this is a, this could have been just a person who left while he wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and then Zach starts talking about how, let's see, okay. He puts his detective hat on. Is that where oh, you're at? Yeah, I love it when he puts his detective hat on because he's just like, he thinks so highly of himself. <laughs> and he's getting really into like his Sherlock Holmes character. But he talks about how he's trying to see if the stories match the legend. <laughs> Aren't they the same thing? <laughs> and then it, he, he wants to he, give legends, he wants to solve legends with their untold endings. Yeah. It's just all fiction. Uh, This is also where he tells us that he's going to, quote, take to the streets real journalism style. Oh, God. And if if there are any journalists listening to this podcast, I'm really sorry about what he just said. (laughs) Because these guys are to journalism. I feel like as the National Enquirer is to journalism, but like somehow even less credible. Yeah. And he just catches a family of people on the street. Yeah. He just goes nice up and he chat. starts. Yeah. yeah. They just seem to be hanging out. It's a bunch of dudes and some older guys and some younger guys. And he just goes up and starts talking to them about the the haunted King's Tavern. And it's it's fine to get like the anecdotal stories of people who live in the area. But that's mm. not fact. That's not like actual evidence. Right. Which Zach does not understand. But he thinks that that's actual evidence. He thinks that stories are evidence. Yeah. 
And of course, not the case. No, it's not the case. And of course, a lot of what they say ends up being kind of not very useful information. Um, Mainly that like the alarms apparently go off at the King's Tavern. There's like a lot of false positives on the alarm systems. Which could just just be be a faulty alarm system. I work in a building where the alarm system is going off every other hour. Really? Okay. We keep getting calls from security being like, hello, it's you again. Everything all right. Yeah, it's still fine. It could just and be that. Our friends have told us about this show called Paranormal Home Investigators. I don't know if we've talked I about it on Insane. I need to watch this. But yeah, I just want to watch it so badly because it'll give me such a fresh perspective on all of this shit. And thinking about how, if we haven't mentioned it on this show, the idea behind Paranormal Home Investigators is that they take take the Ghost Adventures crew and add a person in who actually does home inspections for like safety checkups. Yeah. And like, so basically the, the crew is walking around like, I, I felt a cool breeze. And then the home inspector person could be like, oh yeah, there's a crack in that wall there. And, and it lets the outside air in. Yeah. <laughs> I got locked in the bathroom one time. You, you've got a faulty lock. <laughs> that happens that to us happens all to the us. time. <laughs> we have one of those, I don't know if they have them in England, but it's a really, really bad invention. And I've never encountered them until we moved to Washington State. But it's like, it's it's a knob, a doorknob that locks if you just turn it and push it in the right way. It's like okay. a setup for disaster. But yeah, we've locked ourselves in the bathroom several times. Yeah. And at first I didn't know what was going on. Can I you didn't... imagine being a person with like sensory, with who has like limited sensory sensitivity, like somebody who doesn't see or hear very well, <sighs> dealing with something like that? Oh. That would be a nightmare. Yeah, it would be. Accessibility hell. Yeah. As is so much of the world. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Zach thinks that his raw journalism... <laughs> which is just really bad journalism, <laughs> is concrete is, evidence. Yeah, roaring that it's undercooked journalism. <laughs> <laughs> undercooked journalism. Yeah. Uh, Jeff B is back. Mr. Historian, uh, Ghost Adventures Historian. We see the, the, the fist bump from a previous episode where he was... That he met up with them. And he talks about a newspaper article, which wasn't actually like obituaries, but it's just talking about um, Mrs. Annabelle Naxis. Maxis? Is that something like that. She found the Spanish dagger in the fireplace and the skeletons in, in 1932. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but all the information we learn about this dagger has been conflicting so far. Yeah. And it's, it's just a story. It's not actually like, here's a police report about, you know, an investigation into these bodies and the dagger that was found with them. It's just a story. And by the way, no evidence is given at any point to confirm that the dagger is Spanish in origin. Yeah. It's just something they keep saying. But then Zach, like in the very beginning of the episode, which they don't actually go back to it's like implying that there's like satanic rituals and you know maybe this is related yeah yeah um, they also so they go to the library now because because jeff runs out of evidence and just suggests they go to the library <laughs> and so zach is being helped by a librarian who's he's doing the like microfiche thing he has to use his inside voice to describe the findings and again it's just the same shit it, mm-hmm. it, he finds almost no actually new information. It's like an article from the local newspaper, right? Yeah, about the dagger, and it was found, mm-hmm. and that's it. Uh, but they do identify the father of the person who took ownership of the dagger. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Well, it was the father of the daughter who owned the dagger, right? Or no, his wife owned the dagger, and then his wife passed it on to their daughter. Yes, yeah. And he's yes. like, he's an older man, and we find out 
Well, we'll get there in just a second. Um, so Zach finds the guy's phone number and calls him up and asks a few questions. He confirms that, um, yes, he his wife owns the dagger and now his daughter has it. And apparently Zach asked if they could um, meet with them or something. And the phone goes dead. The guy hung up. So a normal person's reaction would be, okay, this person this, no longer This lead is it. dead. Let's, let's go with something else. Yeah. No, but Zach takes it as, okay, I need to stalk this person, find out where he lives, and then find him. Yeah. Which is what he does. So, I think of yeah. all the people to say... I know where he lives. Zach Bagans is not the person I want to hear that from. Right? <laughs> Aim, what would you do if Zach Bagans appeared on your doorstep? Oh, God. Oh, no. I'd lock the door. <laughs> I'd make sure the windows were shut. <laughs> yeah, make, don't, don't let him see you. I feel like, I, well, personally, I would love it if Zach Bagans knocked on our door. Hopefully it's not to confront us about the podcast that we have that makes fun of him. But I would I would just like enjoy I would probably mock him in kind of a mean way. <laughs> not over. No, I just I, I feel like I would like to play into whatever he has to say about whatever's haunting our place. Yeah. True. Yeah. And maybe pretend that our our skeleton over there, we actually have a skeleton <laughs> in our home. He's not real. But of course you do. That he's real. And maybe Zach Bagans would actually believe that. <laughs> Or say, this is a recreation of a skeleton that was found in our apartment. Yeah. Now you say that. I used to live in a house right in the centre of Oxford, which was built in the 1600s. Very creepy. Very weird. Yeah. It was amazing. I loved it. If Zach had shown up there, I would have absolutely tried to... Yes, this is definitely where the ghosts were. Yes, the, yeah. the king probably stayed here once, allegedly. Yeah. It's a weird he could place. say anything, and Zach would believe yeah. it. Yeah. Here so they in go to this, this guy's terrace house, less so. <laughs> so they go to this guy's fucking house, and he does agree to be interviewed. And nothing he says is particularly groundbreaking. He confirms some of the facts, i.e. that he was married to the woman who found the dagger and that that dagger went to their children. Zach asks if we can speak to your daughter, which is a strange thing to ask when the daughter in question is an adult living her own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy takes Zach's name and number and says, I'll definitely give you a call. And then the next bit of audio we hear is Zach saying, he never called us. Or no, he says daughter never called okay yeah 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 it's basically the equivalent of saying here give me your number i'll get back to you yeah it's basically like i'm not gonna get back to you that was pretty funny and so they they call this validation (laughs) zach believes that he has done it now he feels very accomplished he feels accomplished and validated despite having no more information than he started with he does but he does say they have more deeper details about what happened and i couldn't (laughs) figure out what those might be right it it almost sounds like they just got what they already know repeated back to them by somebody else (laughs) shocking yeah. So that's it for the pre-lockdown. That's it. We it's... go straight into the lockdown. There's like no preparation nope. at all. And also nobody to lock them in, so there's no fist bump on this lockdown. Which was a super bummer. <laughs> However, they do use the fist bump sound effect for Zach's first step into the home. Did you notice this? No. no. Yeah. Zach's first step into the building, they use the <laughs> noise. <laughs> And that's how you know. Yeah, that's how you know. And uh, notably, Zach is bringing his own personal dagger on this investigation as a trigger object. He's got it in its own, like, what is it called? He's a little strap. Like a sheath? The sheath, yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure it's like from his personal collection and he just wanted to, you know, use it. This is my dagger, my cool dagger that I own. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, he's the only one going in. Everybody else is a nerve center. yeah. 
Wee. Taking very detailed notes in Nerve Center as well. Which... Yeah. Right? Well, this is the first time Zach has gone in first, I think. Whoa. Whoa. Aaron's out of a job. <laughs> so he uses... He goes in the basement and... Wait, is this a is this a voice that he got? Does this... No, like... this is really funny. He, he goes... One of the first things he does when he gets into the basement, he says, does this look familiar? And he gets his dagger out. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seen one tri- of these before, right? Have I triggered you? <laughs> uh, so it's very calm in the environment. So he decides it's spirit box time because he says this this device has been proven to be effective as a spirit communicator. The first thing that happens is a spirit self-identifies with the name Andy, apparently, and then when uh, Zach starts asking who died, the the voice goes. And he's like, I think that said Madeline. And everybody at Nerve Center is like, oh, yeah, Madeline, Madeline. Did not say Madeline. It did not say Madeline. Madeline. It said a charitable read would be Morgan. That's an extremely charitable read. Yeah. Uh, But really, it did sound like. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like the teachers on Charlie Brown. (laughs) 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 So Zach starts flipping out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they believe the the ghost adventures crew and i don't know where this mythology starts to emerge they really believe that the spirit box has this effect of like stirring the ghosts up and getting them ri- like rowdy and he starts he starts to play into this right now he's like getting goosebumps they're pointing arrows at his goosebumps something's fucking behind yeah. you dude. yeah he's he's cussing and yelling and like gesticulating a lot and and the guys at nerve center see an orb come out of the speaker and they're all like "Ooh, orb or this was There's so funny watching them react in this episode mm-hmm. yeah the orb yeah. heavy episode uh, and it's at this point where zach decides to request help and nick decides to come in with um uh with the thermal camera so by the way thermal camera useless in this episode <laughs> We see footage from it continually, but we get no evidence with the thermal camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the big event, though, that happens here is that apparently the guys have learned from their past investigations. And in this investigation, I don't know if this is a standard procedure for them. They've applied a a twofold layer of like uh, 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 light control to the windows. What, what did you say? Like a blackout blind? Yes. Yeah, they have yeah. two layers. They have a black foil layer and a cloth oh, layer black that foil, they've applied yes. to all the windows. And apparently at one point before the lockdown actually began, after they set up for the lockdown, but before the lockdown began, apparently one of the double blind layers fell off of one of the windows. Mm-hmm. However, they also got an orb two oh. seconds before the layer fell down. So that's that's how you know. Ghosts. And they're like trying to defend it as like, oh, we we really put them up well. What did they say they attached it with? Thick gaff tape. Heavy duty gaff tape. And they also can't find the gaff tape. Yeah, the tape's gone missing. Okay. I've... Aim, have you ever been involved in the theater? Um, yes, I have. Um, you know, the thing about gaff tape is that it's really not perfect. (laughs) It does its job. one, One strip of gaff tape may or may not hold a heavy piece of cloth. So I'm just thinking, I mean, there's some pretty reasonable explanations for this. Someone just didn't do their job properly. It's certainly possible that Aaron was put one strip of tape on and was like, that's good enough. And then went back to nerve center. There's this amazing part where to justify that it was a ghost who tore it down, Jay goes, they probably like looking out the windows. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, Nick and Zach are not together. Zach, uh, Zach and Nick are, are there together. They believe they are hearing a real human being in the basement. And so they like do a lot of that. Like, Hey, is there somebody fucking with us down there? Um, and they sort of, they tease us with more basement shenanigans for a while. Cause mm-hmm. they go like up to the basement door and then they come back and do some EVP. And it's only later, like much, much later that Zach actually goes back down into the basement. So Zach actually, before he even goes back to the basement, they leave, he leaves and goes back to Nerve Center to leave Nick alone without a walkie-talkie doing EVP in the kitchen area. Um, and he gets a big jolt. Oh my god. Here we go again. Here we go again. We, said this, we mentioned this the last uh Yeah, we've started noticing episode. this in like every episode now. This is something that Nick just has a catchphrase. It's electrical jolts going through my body. Yeah, it's just, he says it like all the time his thing um but yeah he says there's like an electrical charge jolting through my skin and uh <laughs> zach immediately confirms this as yes it, same same yes, yes. Me too. same bro me too bro and, and he's nick is like emphatically asking questions about the afterlife i believe that nick is like more in this ghost culture than zach is honestly mm-hmm. because anytime nick starts getting evidence he starts being like he gets on message immediately he's like what's it like what's it like after you die tell me right now mm-hmm. i have to know we have to tell people what it's like i feel like it, it kind of shows like the the purpose but the, the differences in the purpose behind why each yes. of the ghost adventures mm-hmm. uh but the members of the crew are into ghost hunting. For Nick, it's he wants to figure out what's what life is like after death. Yeah. And for Zach, Zach he just has wants, a thirst for fame. He wants to be like the famous Sherlock Holmes of ghost hunting. Aaron's just here for a good time, folks. <laughs> yeah. He's just here to react to shit, <laughs> which he does do in this yeah. episode. Uh, brilliantly so. Yes. So Zach is attributing the spike in activity to his spirit box session. Yeah. The the good old fashioned confirmation bias starts kicking in. And and almost very closely after this, Nick communicates that he's just not feeling right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all worried about him, but they don't do anything. They want him it. to stay there. Yeah. It's like yeah. whenever somebody says, I'm not feeling well, their they're reaction like, is Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's like let's keep going. <laughs> Get worse. Let's experiment on this person. Yeah. And at this point, Zach says brazenly in front of God and everyone, quote, we have enough audio and visual evidence to state factually that there is paranormal activity in the King's Tavern. But we will continue. As Nico Montoya would say about his term, his use of the term fact, you keep saying this word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Okay, okay, okay. So here's the, here it is. Zach is Vizzini. Yeah. Uh, Nick is Inigo. Uh-huh. And Aaron, Aaron is Andre the Giant. Is Andre yes. the Giant, yes. That's yes. exactly this. And Jeff Bellinger <laughs> is the uh, six-fingered man. I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's perfect. So they end up getting some voices in their spirit box. They get what they think says, we'll get you. We'll get you. Yeah. And hello, Aaron. And, and a baby voice. the heck out. It's the baby yeah, voice yeah. that causes everybody to really lose it. Yeah. This is after. Big, Whoa. Yeah. And this is after Aaron wanders in. So like yeah. Aaron and Zach kind of switch places. Like Aaron goes mm-hmm. in to help calm Nick down while Zach returns to nerve center, I guess for like a juice box or something. I don't know. <laughs> And so Zach's goal here, he he makes plain his goal, which is to push Nick further down the path of demonic possession so that he can possibly open a portal to the... He sounds like a fucking wizard from a D&D campaign. 
Meanwhile, like, well, if you haven't listened possessed. to the campaign cast. Yes, go, go listen to the campaign trail <laughs> yeah. after this. Anyway. Because it's literally like Zach is saying, we want to use this man to open a ghost portal to try and recreate the afterlife here Which on is Earth. exactly how you should treat your friends. If the afterlife <laughs> exists, why on earth would you ever want to be with Zach in a relationship? I'm sorry, but like, it's a, he's a man who wants to open the portal to hell. For laughs. For la- for proof to make him look like a respectable ghost hunter. So he can be the guy who got the proof. Yeah. Like, he's 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 a that's, walking nightmare. That's what it is. Nick wants to know the answers. Zach wants to be known as the guy who found the answer. That's yes. a very two, two very yes. different things here. Zach wants to make it real, real uh, quick. Have you ever heard of an ectoplasmic mist on this show before? I'm sure they've mentioned it before. It's not a commonly used term that they use. Yeah, so they've. the reason I bring it up is because they get some static X camera footage where a tiny orb that definitely looks like a bug moves from one chair to the other. Amy, you pointed out the sound effect they use for this. Brilliant. This is great. Would you it like goes to up, repeat like, it? Up from one thing, as it's going down, the other chair is just like, Ooh. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> and we get to hear, they do like a triple replay or something, so we get yeah. to hear that multiple times. <laughs> it was a brilliant thing for taking notes because it's also like a two or three second long clip that they replayed three times. Yeah. yeah. So I got to catch up on all my notes. Right <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, Aaron is sweeping EMF uh, because, okay, so Aaron is chilling with Nick, right? And Nick is feeling really, really bad. He's stating again, like, I'm feel not feeling bad. well. And Aaron says, well, here's what. I'm going to leave you alone. Just yell for me if you need anything. <laughs> Folks, if your friends aren't doing well, you don't leave them alone and have them experience more of that. You help them. Nick is like experiencing ego death while Aaron is just running around upstairs with his EMF detector. And he's also not getting anything on the EMF detector, uh, but he does feel a presence with him, he says. And then Zach eventually, like, once... <laughs> once he gets peer past, pressure. way pa- Yeah, and way past the point of, like, Nick having explained several times that he's not doing well so at after this point is billy it takes peer pressure from billy and jay to get zach to go back in to check on nick yeah after he Aaron doesn't look happy alone. about it either no. no he like definitely wanted to stay in nerve center for the rest of this investigation i think mm-hmm. and nick is like doing a blair witch impression he's like standing quietly looking away from the camera doing nothing he does this point at some point in the fucking show he like goes into the bathroom and turns his camera light on and just stares at his reflection for a little while and videotapes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looked to me like he was trying to take a really moody my MySpace profile picture. Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> like, I don't want to take away from the fact that he said he's not doing well, but it also felt uh, a little dramatized. Yeah. Tiny bit. I think okay. this is next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then Aaron loses his shit. He says, he like literally jumps around and is like, oh my God. And he claims that something just grabbed his back. Um, he said like full two hands on his back. Um, and then they hear some ghost laughter. Ha ha. What, what they think is ghost laughter. Um, and, and then Nick comes upstairs and is like really playing into the, the spooky, like I'm possessed now energy yeah. because he's like, they're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was like talking about how the, the ghosts are here with him and they're inside of him. I yeah, tried to says, warn you. I feel the spirit inside me. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's when Billy gets a little bit unwell or is that something? Yeah. Yes. Even Billy yes. comes in. So they're like getting really freaked out. Um, so that, so basically they swap Nick for Billy. Mm-hmm. 
because and Aaron actually leaves with Nick to do some like aftercare with him where they're like sitting on the steps outside the house like talking about what just happened to Nick and Aaron's like hey are you okay Mm -hmm. Aaron the only person who ever asks anybody this question whereas Billy is like apparently ghost impervious because this is the first time Zach says that he's been he starts to get really affected on a lockdown. And it's really just a panic attack, guys. Yeah, he's having a panic attack. He's he talks like, about his heart beating really, really fast. And, and, and I think it's Zach checks his pulse and confirms, confirms that it is yeah. going crazy. Um, he says that his hands are sweaty. Zach notices that his eyes are tearing up. Um, and Billy mentions that he seems to be losing track of like. Time. time. He's missing time, yeah. Um, yeah. Which are all kind of uh, symptoms of a panic attack. Mm. I also went to WebMD.com, which you should never go to, but <laughs> said that these are symptoms of hyperventilation, low blood sugar, and atrial fibrillation. Oh, and if you've been awake for 20 hours yeah. doing this shit, yeah. you could definitely have low blood sugar. Well, and he also mentioned that he was going upstairs. Yeah. He's and- been sitting on his ass for the past, like, six or seven hours. He's yeah. just He's getting a little, like, jolt of extra activity that yeah. his body wasn't expecting. And if you haven't exercised in a little while, this happens to me a lot if I haven't been exercising in a while and you stand up real quickly like you almost black out or your black body's out. like your body's like that frame from Spongebob where he's like resting his hand on the wall of the cave and going whoo <laughs> like your heart's yeah. like oh we need to be working more now oh, sorry uh, brain um, so, bodies and are weird <laughs> and after they catch up with Billy and sort of talk him down and then extract him, that's kind of the end of the lockdown. It just because... sort of ends in this very, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's like a, um, you know, those really heart-wrenching, awful romance movies where someone nearly dies and they have that lighting and music. You mean like, are you talking about the after section where they're like the next yeah. day, that part? Yeah. yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah, very dramatic and including like long takes to the camera with nobody saying anything uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, where Billy's like I was uh, feeling really bad my heartbeat started to get out of normal control and uh, I was really scared. I wanted to know I would like to ask Billy in that moment, did you go to a doctor? Yeah, that was never mentioned. Never happens. Yeah. And there, was, after... there was a bit when Zach was like, we need to do something, we need to get somebody here, and then it's never mentioned if there was any medical care. Yes. Why? These guys are really unhealthy. <laughs> they just never <laughs> go to the doctor, it. it sounds like. <laughs> They're too tough. That's about it. We also do get a weird thing at the end. Yeah. uh, So there were two omens that they noticed on their drive away. First was a house that was on fire. (laughs) And then apparently a murder of crows that wouldn't that was sitting in the road and wouldn't let their car pass. Uh-huh. And then Nick checks his phone. And this is wild. This is so fucking weird. This is strange to me. Yeah. And this gave me some goosebumps while we were watching it. I, well, okay, I'm unclear on a couple of things. Yeah. Was this... A, so he checks his phone and, the, and Zach, the way Zach phrases it, he says that there's text on his phone. And it's not clear to me whether this is like his phone, like reading text input or receiving an erroneous text message. The latter is significantly more terrifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. The the first one is like he probably he may have turned his voice rec- voice to text feature on without knowing, mm-hmm. but the yeah. other one is the possibility that someone just sent him a random string of words, mm-hmm. some of which were pertinent to the investigation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a um a screenshot of it, but mm-hmm. I can because it is creepy and weird. And well, also what phone number did it come from? Yeah. There's a lot of questions I have about that. This is why I'm thinking 
isn't there's the possibility that somehow his text to speech just got activated uh-huh. when he wasn't looking. That, that would explain uh-huh. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have a question. You know that story? Um, I prefer lemons. Yeah, I prefer lemons, which we heard about on. <sighs> Gives me the chills Ouija just fucking thinking podcast. about. It. I don't think I've heard of this one. Oh god, it's yes, so it's scary. Very, aim. Yeah. Or do you mean okay. the, the podcast or the story? Or the both? story. The story, yeah. Um, so creepy. It has to do oh with this God. girl and her family who started getting these text messages? Mm-hmm. Phone calls, too. Phone calls, too. And, like, all of the shit would be, like, pertinent to stuff that was going on. But here's but my question. Weird. Was there a phone number or was it restricted? I don't remember. Okay. I as I recall, it that bit. It was just as I recall, it was very, like, there was little credibility in the I Prefer Lemon story. Right. Um, so there's a lot of questions about whether that was real or not. Yeah. But, the, I mean, I had the same questions about this as I do that, kind yeah. of. Like, was there a phone number? Like, how, what, like, what, what do you mean you got a text or there was text on your phone that that's very ambiguous vague. but anyway it's still kind of weird and then oh and then they mentioned a storm came through oh, with yeah. tornadoes oh my and God. on the radar image the storm was in the shape of a dagger pointing towards the town which is the the, the biggest stretch of the imagination i don't know there are quite a lot of big stretches of imagination in this yes. episode there are so that was it that was it was a jam-packed episode of ghost adventures what did you think am i it was jam-packed but it wasn't jam-packed with the things i wanted it to be full of like really like the serial killers or the other stories or anything that wasn't zach stalking this dude about a dagger yep um but yeah (laughs) um how many episodes of how 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 many episodes of ghost adventures would you say you've watched am Oh, a lot. Yeah? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> so it, it's well, it's something I discovered years ago and I found that I found it really calming somehow. Oh, yes. that's great, yeah. Like the beats of it, I knew what was going to happen so I just watched it to calm down before going to sleep. Yeah. You kind of always know how a Ghost Adventures episode is going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the bit... Yeah, the lockdown and the it, it, it's soothing and... Yeah, there's something calming about the reliability of this yeah. very reliable show so bad but so calming yeah so what was your favorite part Aim? my favorite part um i think the high drama of it all especially the bit where aaron got grabbed and for some reason there was a camera on the floor that got this image of his shoe stepping backwards yes i don't know why that was my favorite part (laughs) it really grabbed me as i don't know why that was there that was the shot was never used at any other given point right um, yeah, that or the you? wonderful, insanely haunted catch. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yep, yep, yes. Yep. That was mine. <laughs> yeah. Title drop. Yeah. Made me feel good revisiting my roots. I really enjoyed all the times that Zach talked about factual evidence and yeah. facts and like not understanding what that actually means in real life. So we do a fun p- thing every episode called Tweet Watch. Ooh. Um I already learned this, and you may have already learned it if you're in the Facebook group, Insanely Big Fans of Insanely Haunted. Our good friend Elion shared this with us. The boys did a fucking Comic-Con panel. What? Yeah, that's right. Oh, you remember Elion this. was saying that they were going to go to it? Oh, but, that's right, that's but, right, that's but right. But they couldn't get in because the line was like a three-hour wait. Right. Not just for Ghost Adventures, surely. No, just yes. for Ghost Adventures, yes. my friend. No. Zach Bagans... 
Zach Bagans has almost a million followers on Twitter. Like he is extremely yeah, but popular. How many of those are following him? Yeah. How how much is that? Is an ironical an ironic following? That's true. That's, That's a good, good point. question, and it's <laughs> I'm assuming it's almost impossible to figure out. Yep. Where does so that there's a lot in? of Zach has some shit coming up this year, so his Twitter feed is actually kind of boring because it's mostly just self promo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing the uh, Haunted Museum one Reader's Choice Best Attraction in Las Vegas Weekly. <laughs> Uh, he also is talking about how uh, he bought the Conjuring House and they're going to do a special Halloween lockdown. Mm-hmm. And he oh, does yeah. actually post a RIP Rucker Hauer tweet, which is which is a little sad. Did you know about this, Cassie? No. What? The guy who played the 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 murder android in Blade Runner, mm. he died this week. Oh, rest Which in is peace. very sad because he, you know, apparently he had a lot of people who were really who really loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great performer. So that's sad. Very sad. Rucker Hauer, rest in peace. Um, and it, to to friends and family of Rucker Hauer who are also fans of Insanely Haunted, we're very sorry for your loss. Yeah. Yeah, this is like all self-promo, his entire feed. I think I saw something on your Facebook page earlier today that caught my eye. Yeah. And the group about Zach buying the Mountain Murders house. <gasps> yes, that's actually what I have pulled up right now. Both um, our listeners, Mark and Susie, shared with us two separate articles on the same topic. And that topic, that amazing topic, is that, unfortunately, Zach purchased the fam- Ma- Manson family murder house. <sighs> so it's it's one of the houses where some of the murder, the, Man- the Manson murder, mm. took place at. Um, and we all know that, especially if you've like heard about what the, the Haunted Museum is like that he owns, he has a whole section on serial killers and murders, which is kind of dement- demented in a bad way, not a good way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I just can't believe he did that. That's I know that the families of the, the murder victims are not going to be pleased about that. No. Um, yeah, I don't know what Zach, what need Zach is trying to meet in doing this type of stuff, but whatever. Like, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah Zach Bagans is gross. Very uncontroversial opinion to have. Right now. <laughs> well, that's about it. Really, that's about right? it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aim, thank you so much for visiting with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a blast. And can you this tell our been... friends about your show again? Yeah, the campaign trail um, on all good podcast providers. If you like politics, Dungeons and Dragons, puns, general silliness. Yeah. Awesome. Great. It's been yeah. wonderful having you. We thank hope you'll you. return again someday. Yeah, yes. if you'll have me. Of course. So a reminder to please support and visit your state and national parks. They're very important. Thanks to Leandra for the use of her artwork for our our, our logo. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the hand. hand. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at, at Haunted Insanely. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook. If you just search for Insanely Haunted, you'll find us. Uh, and I'm back on Twitter. Woohoo! Oh my God. You can find me at Max underscore and the word underscore is spelled out and there is no actual underscore <laughs> in it. So I chose this because I thought it would be easy, but it turns out it's very hard actually. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Fuck yeah. Make sure you tell your friends about this podcast. Oh, and tell your friends about a, a show on the Scavengers Network this week. Um, our good friend Morgan hosts a show called Morgan Needs a Podcast. And while she hasn't produced an episode in a while, it's great listening. Here, let's read some reviews. Yeah, um, these reviews are going to be from Facebook. We're going to go back and forth between iTunes and Facebook. So um, one review is from Tracy and... Tracy says, this is such a good podcast. The cast is very funny and they make this show even more enjoyable than it is. Much love to you guys because I have never laughed harder and haven't had a podcast to enjoy 
while I was at work in such a long time. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Keep up the amazing work. Max also sounds a lot like Rob Dyke, and that amuses me to no end. <laughs> I don't know who this person is. <laughs> but we gotta look him up. Um, and, and Tracy gave us five stars. Thank, Thank you, Tracy. Tracy. We have another review from Ashley. Ashley says, love this podcast, great content, and they speak to my GA soul. Also, love Lydia. Aww. And they gave us... That's just a recommendation. Oh, that's just a recommendation. Thank you so much, Ashley. And then Dawn gave us five stars and says, I just got into podcasts. I'm a little slow. This is the first one that I listened to because I lure me some GA dorkiness. A plus for the cast's ability to break down each episode, the sensibility concerning whether or not something is paranormal or not, even their psychological profiling of the guys. One caveat, there seems to be at least three episodes missing. <laughs> there were, and we fixed that. Yes, we did. So so thank you for pointing it out. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Dawn. And uh, one more for today. This is from Susie. Susie uh, recommends our podcast. She, uh, Susie says, love this podcast. Cassie and Max are hilarious. And it's like listening to friends talk about the show. Highly recommend. If you want to have your review read on this podcast, then you can go to Facebook or Apple Podcasts and give us a review. We're reading all our five star and one star reviews. <laughs> and sorry if we've repeated any because it's been a really long time since we read reviews. You'll, yeah. just, you'll just get on twice, I guess. So that's about it. Thanks yeah. again. Thanks that's to the it. Scavengers Network. Thanks to you for listening. And thanks to you, Aim. Thank you. And just like every week, we like to end with a final thought for you to take into the coming <laughs> weeks. Okay, McElroy. And this thought <laughs> is that not every dagger is haunted. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. I'm Aim. And you just heard a, a Class, Class A EVP. EVP. Awesome. Max will sync that up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> cool. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. You climb the mighty stairs of Gilgamesh, and there before you stand a set of iron doors surrounded by flame. What do you do? I prepare the enchanted scrolls. I raise my shiny short sword. I stride it up and knock upon the door. It swings open with an ominous creak, and there before you stands a gigantic troll. His mottled grey skin is covered by fearsome armour. He looks down upon you and says, Who disturbs Throndak the Accursed? Hi, we're campaigning on behalf of the Fable Party, and we're wondering if we could count on your vote at the upcoming election. Tell me about your economic policies. The Campaign Trail. A Dungeons and Dragons podcast about politics, where the quest is to win the election. On iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever you find podcasts. Go back to your constituencies and prepare for adventure.